Welcome to Dating in the Digital Age by Core Confidence Coaching. This is a podcast for men and women around the globe who want to improve their social confidence and dating lifestyle. Hosted by your coach, Andrew Gung. I've transformed hundreds of men and women through online and in-person dating. So tune in where we'll deliver you powerful tips and insights into the world of fashion styling, dating to relationships. Let's get you started. Welcome back to Dating in the Digital Age. We're at episode 10. Attraction Traits of a Dominant Man. This is your main man, Andrew Gung, from Core Confidence Coaching. And if this is your first time tuning in, Core Confidence Coaching is a dating and relationship coaching company based in Melbourne, Australia. And our mission is to inspire, impact, and transform over 100 men and women by the end of 2020 through the dating and relationship lifestyle. And today we have another special guest speaker who featured in episode 5. His name is Jam Acero. He's a good friend of mine very successful entrepreneur and business owner, and also a fitness model. Now, I've been meaning to do this episode for a while as we want to talk about attraction. This episode is for all the men out there, as there's so many definitions of what attraction really is. Is it my physique? Is it my good looks or even my height? Is it the clothes I wear? Is it the money I have in my bank account? Is it the job I have? My financial status, my social status? The car I drive, maybe the perfume I wear. And some guys may even think to attract really good looking girls out there, I also need to have good girls around me in my social circle. Which again is not far from the truth. But I want to break it down in this episode and make it very simple and cut through the fat. So if you're okay with me being completely authentic and honest on what I'm about to share in this episode, then keep listening. Now, attraction can mean multiple things depending on the way that you were brought up and your cultural background. Like, it can really vary coming from South America to Southeast Asia to Europe. It all varies. It all varies. But let's keep it simple and basic and universal. And we spoke about this in a previous episode. It comes down to inner and outer game, but mostly inner game. Outer game is your dress sense, your height, your looks, Everything that's external, but your inner game is everything internal. Your mindset, your charisma, the way that you carry yourself, and the way that you behave. This also includes your attitude, your vibe, and your outlook in life. Now, out of all the guest speakers that I could have featured, I wanted to feature someone that's close to me, a good friend, someone that I definitely do look up to and respect. I've known him for more than 10 years. He's also a very good role model to both guys and girls. He's experienced a lot of hardship in his life, but he's always been able to bounce back through having a strong self-image, a self-belief, a really good mindset, and having a strong determination to really dominate in life, basically being the best version of himself. And out of so many guys that I know, he's not your typical guy that goes out on your Friday and Saturday night looking for girls, jumping from various bars to hit them up. However, out of a lot of guys that I know, he's very successful with women, yet he doesn't chase them. And at the same time, he's extremely humble about his situation. I've never once seen him brag or boast about his life successes and situation. He's got his priorities in order in his life. He knows what he wants in life. He knows where he's going. And he's not going to let anything get in his way from stopping him achieving his goals. So the three attraction traits that we're going to discuss in this episode are number one, leadership. Because before you can lead someone else, you must be able to lead yourself. And when a girl is looking for a man to get into a long-term relationship with, she's looking for the guy that knows where he's going in life. He has his purpose, he has his direction, and she's basically joining him along his journey. And he's leading the direction of the relationship long-term. 
A girl doesn't want to be the one calling all the shots in the relationship most of the time. She wants a man to lead. She doesn't want to be the pants in the relationship. She wants a man that's emotionally and physically stronger than her. A rock. Number two is being decisive. Similar quality to leadership. However, this trait basically means calling the shots, making the right decisions. Imagine we looked at someone like Elon Musk for a second. One of the wealthiest men on the planet. One of the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. The real life Tony Stark leading humanity to a whole new way of living life. Imagine the CEO of his own company couldn't make up his own mind, couldn't make up decisions. His board members would ask him, Hey Elon, uh, what do you think we should do with Tesla this week? What do you think we should do with SpaceX this week? He's like, I don't know guys, what do you want to do? What, what do you think we should do? I have no idea. Imagine his wife or partner is asking him, Hey Elon, what do you feel like eating tonight? What do you feel like doing on date night tonight? And his response, Hmm... I don't know, what do you feel like doing? Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we have a big problem there. So decision-making, being decisive, is a very strong number two attraction trait. An attraction trait number three is ambition. Having the ambition to go for what you want in life. Kicking ass, achieving goals, not letting anything get in your way. And knowing, again, where you are going in life. Having a clear path, having a clear vision, having a clear direction. But most importantly, taking action, not fucking talking about it. You know, I see so many guys out there and it's ridiculous. I've attended so many networking events over so many years and there's so many guys that I've connected with and they talk about where they're wanting to go in life. They're talking about what they're going to do and what they're going to start. 12 months later, 18 months later, 24 months later, they're still in the same boat. Now, that's just my honest opinion and my perspective. However, if you're an attractive chick and you met this type of guy, how do, you th how do you think she's gonna feel? Do you think this type of attraction is gonna last long-term with her and this guy? Now, I'm not saying you have to go out there and start your own business right now and be some top entrepreneur of the world, but have ambition in something you're passionate about in your life. Go for what you want, not what your parents wanted you to be. Achieve what you want to achieve, not what others believe you can achieve. This is attraction trait number three. Now, there's so many others that I want to talk about, but we want to keep it simple today, the top three attraction traits. One of my other favorites, which I will mention right now, and if there was a fourth I could choose, I would sneakily drop it in right now. It's being self-assured. So self-assured, basically owning who you are, being confident of who you are and what you are all about, and not shaping your direction or way of thinking based on external factors and other people's opinions. Because the most unattractive thing from a woman's perspective is if a man values her over himself. That's weakness in her eyes. She's looking for a man who will stand up for himself, his own opinions and beliefs. Again, a rock. So allow me to introduce our guest speaker again for today, our episode 10, Jam Aceto. He is a certified strength, conditioning, and nutrition coach based here in Melbourne CBD. He is one of the most passionate personal trainers in the industry. He's the founder and director of Athletic Edge. With over eight years of expertise in the fitness industry and hundreds of successful client stories. He is an accomplished fitness author, seminar speaker, and has represented Australia internationally in the fitness modeling as Mr. Philippines Australia. And his driving core belief is that fitness is the key to a happy and healthy lifestyle. And Jam's mission is to inspire others to unlock their full potential and discover the version of themselves they've always been wanting. So Jam, let's start it off by sharing with everyone the direction you're headed in right now. Well, you know, I guess my motivation right now is 
to continue just living the best life I can. And um, I feel like, you know, I guess this year was different in that this is the first year that I didn't have a New Year's resolution. Mm. You know, um, I I did I was surprised at myself that that I didn't set uh, a specific thing that I wanted to work on this year. And, you know, I never do that. I'm always that person who every year I've got some, uh, before New Year's, before it even hits midnight, I already know what my resolution is going to be for the next year. And, you know, this was the first year that I didn't, couldn't think of anything or didn't, didn't really feel the need to think of a resolution. And I feel, you know, at first I was a bit worried about that, but then now I actually feel like that must mean I'm in a good place. You know, things have fallen together and I'm kind of doing what I need to be doing. I'm right where I need to be. And I just need to keep refining my approach to life. I feel like I'm a really good trainer for my clients and I can sense that in our sessions. My relationships are good. You know, my friends and family are always there for me and I'm always there for them. Um, I'm able to make time for them and I can do things outside of work and, you know, and have a good work-life balance. So I guess what motivates me is to just keep on my path and always do my best in everything that I do. And at that time, I was planning on working for the government and it never occurred to me to start my own service-based business. Mm -hmm. And the role that I had prepared myself for all throughout my uni years, indeed, the thing that the role that I'd always wanted, even growing up as a kid, was um, as an intelligence officer for the Australian government. You know, I literally planned on having a career as a real-life James Bond. Yeah, I remember that. You know, um, mm. that's something, I guess people, some people would have thought that was a bit of a joke or maybe yeah. I wasn't serious, but I actually had a real good think about it even from yeah. like maybe 14 and then yeah, well. it, I carried that motivation with me all towards the end of uni. You know, it's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. And I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I prepared for it. You know, I prepared, it was a six month application process. I was able to get through 80% of their testing stages because they regular, rigorously test their applicants. And out of over a thousand applicants in Victoria, I was one of the 23 that they interviewed. But I failed to pass the interview phase. And I realized, I guess I was quite young then. I was just mm -hmm. out of uni, but I needed more people skills and yeah. real world experience, communicating with people under all sorts of situations. Yeah. So I was 20, 21 or 22 years sure. old. And I decided um, I didn't really want, you know, a full-time nine-to-five job just yet, but I needed to do something to get some, some work experience. So yeah. I decided to do security as a bouncer at various venues in Melbourne CBD to build up my ability to effectively communicate with people. Yeah. Uh, of all sorts of personalities, races, intelligence levels. Yep. I just basically wanted to be a good communicator um, and also, you know, get some street smarts. So uh, it definitely taught me patience and how to control my emotions, uh, how to respectfully speak with people while still exercising, exercising the right level of authority so they yeah. listen to me, you know, because personal authority is important, especially um, if you're in a service-based role. Uh, you need to get people to be able to respect you but also listen to you. Oh, for sure. Um and if I wasn't able to diffuse a tense situation or yep. persuade someone to do what I asked, or I had to resort resort to force to resolve an, an incident mm -hmm. uh, in the club, I always regarded that interaction as a failure. Mm. So, you know, I wasn't your stereotypical, just like push people around kind of bouncer. Yep. I was always like, that's the last thing. Um, if I have to do it, I will. And I can, and I did. Yep. Um, but... I tried to, you know, not resort to that. So I definitely grew a lot as a person throughout my time in security. I gained plenty of confidence and personal authority. Yeah, I didn't realize all of this took place around that time that we met. Yeah, um, yeah. when we met, I think that was summer. Yeah, I just started, yeah. like literally that month, I think. And I actually did security for a few years and I was working, what did I do? I was working at the clubs in the weekends and I was yeah. working at Crown uh, during the weekdays. So it was like six nights, five, six nights a week of, of um, security work. And uh, yeah, I gained a lot of confidence, personal authority, communication skills, which obviously would help me later on as a mm -hmm. personal trainer. But after a few years as a bouncer, I realized that it was a dead end job and it was time for me to start a real career. 
you know, so. I've heard a lot of people say that when they're in security. When you tend to look at a lot of security guards, they just, they don't, they never look happy. Like they, they don't look like they're enjoying their life. You know, it's, it can be quite a boring, mm. it, I'd say 80% of it is, is like boredom and, and yeah. not much. And then you need to be alert for that 20% when something yeah. does happen. Yeah. You know, like I used to work at Bubble, if you, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar. Well, with, I never with, went, but I do remember went, it. Yeah. The Notorious Bubble. And mm. that was a place where yeah. you'd like, we'd start at 12 midnight, you know, yeah. and it would go till like 10, 11, 12 the next day. Yeah, and you know, and it's like blaring like hard rave music, mm. techno music, rave and yeah. like hard dance, energy trance, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And a lot of these people would be fine for the first half of the night. And then all of a sudden, like massive fights would break yeah. out and, you know, just right when you're, you're most tired. So yeah. you need to be alert and you yeah, need, you to, need be, to be, you know, you need to be alert, but you also need to know what to do in the right situation. Is this something where I can maybe talk people into, into calming down or mm. is it something that's going to escalate? So you need to be aware of what's the best thing for that situation. Yeah. Know? And can communicate. It's always best to use communication because you don't want people getting hurt and going oh, to hospital, sure. you know, even though there were quite a few fights, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you could say that brawls that, that as a security um, guard, as a bounce I was involved in, mm. it was never directed at me. Yeah. You know, they never um, were trying to bash me or they were never, yeah. it was it was always, you know, something I had to break up. Yeah. yeah. But it was never like they, the patrons were, you know, aggressive towards me, yeah, you know? Sure. So, but after a few years of, as a bouncer, I realized it was a dead end job because, you know, after you've learned those communication skills, there's no progression, you know, you're, you're yeah. going to be at the club every night, week after week. And it's the yeah. same thing, same role. So I wanted to start a real career and I decided I didn't want to work under a bus. I didn't want to work for someone. There would have been like a turning point or like a, a moment where you had this clarity or an idea because i remember you know the first time we met there was not much conversation but i do recall you know i was a fair bit of an introvert you were probably an introvert or quite close to it because yeah, at that point yeah. yeah and that's probably why we never really connected then but there would have been a turning point i'm curious to know when did that happen like what triggered you to just be like hey, um want to go from sexy asian james bond to doing it something completely different <laughs> yeah. yeah well you know it's funny because like that whole time when i thought i'd be a, a secret agent and when i was doing even when i was doing security i was still a little bit introverted you know gaining communication skills and also i guess finishing uni and then plus starting my first few years as a personal trainer i realized that you can be the best personal trainer skills wise but if you don't have that persona to be able to connect with people on a deeper level mm -hmm. they're not going to enjoy the workout with yeah. you you know um and they're not going to feel like you understand them they're not going to feel like um you uh, see them as a person, mm. you know, you, you're just like a robot. So, yeah. and, and then they would just go to another person. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to provide a good service and I wanted my clients to enjoy the training and not just get a good workout, but actually enjoy the experience. Yeah. I wanted to give a good experience rather than just give a good workout. And so I guess I started to invest more effort into caring about my clients, like actually caring from a deep level, like yeah, from a personal sure. level rather than just, you know, oh, hi, this is your program. Let's yeah. do this and that. And I guess practicing that and um, enjoying, actually enjoying training people, enjoying communicating with people, speaking to them and giving them a, a great experience. I guess um, that honed my my extroverted. I'm not. I, I still wouldn't call myself an extrovert. Yeah, yeah But I'm not an introvert either. You know. Um. I, I. I guess I have traits from both, and and yeah. I can interchange as needed. You know. Um. So that's that's when the turning point happened. I would say by my second year as a personal gotcha. trainer, I yeah. became um much better at uh, knowing you know when to switch on the charm. So uh yeah I I I, I decided to want to work under a boss. That was the number one thing. That was a starting point of, you know, deciding because, you know, it's a turning point. It's like what career, yeah, it's a big decision, you know, yeah, it is a very I'm 23 decision. years old and I'm thinking, well, I was 22 and I'm thinking I need to start a career. 
where do I, where do, what's the starting point, you know? Mm. And the number one thing that was non-negotiable was I will not work for someone. I'm not going to work under a boss because I work better when I can decide the terms of, you know, how I work. You know, I'm not good at following orders, but I'm great at pushing myself. And I also knew I could never be happy in a job that required you to sit at a desk all day. I can resonate with that. It's just not me. Like, um, you know, I'm a high energy person. I need to be moving. I need to feel like I'm doing something and, and... and for me, being stuck in an office, sitting um, in a chair all day for eight hours a day, is like like being a caged animal. For yeah, me, you know, it's like what is it? Modern day, modern day slave, they call it. Yeah, well, I, I would feel like a slave, and you know, because I did, I did an internship with an internship with Victoria Police for six months, and yeah. and there was like all office work sitting down, and I just mm. I just felt like really caged, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, I could force myself to use my brain and think, yeah. of course, but yeah, you know, I didn't enjoy it. It's not I wasn't. I could never be passionate about it. And besides, I hated that office politics and drama. Yeah. You know, it's just something I don't need in my life. So um, my thought process was that if I'm gonna work for myself, yeah, I better do something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Because I know that starting your own business and maintaining a business is a lot harder than finding a regular job. Yep. You know, yep, clocking absolutely. on, clocking on and clocking off. Yep. You know, as a business owner, you don't get the benefit of really truly clocking off. No, you, know, you, you don't. You're always like the business in the back of your mind. Yeah. And it has to be. So I love being fit. So I was thinking, so I need to do something that I'm passionate about. So what am I passionate about? I, I love being fit and um, I enjoyed helping people. Yeah. I instinctively knew that I'd be at my best in a face-to-face role you know something especially one that provided a a life-changing benefit to people and becoming an independent personal trainer was clearly the path that made the most of my strengths so i started an online pt course online pt course because i was working full-time so i I was studying full-time like during the afternoons while i was working five nights a week in security i got the one-year course done in five months so i really wanted to get it done and eight years later i'm still here yeah and i'm loving it more than ever yeah, and like obviously for everyone listening in right now, you wouldn't really know Jam on a personal level. Um, he's definitely living the lifestyle that most men desire. You know, living in a really in a really nice high rise apartment. Rents in that area is quite expensive, and he drives a nice car. Everything he's got like a single life bachelor pad going on, and it definitely inspired me. I'll be a hundred percent. It definitely inspired me to move up the ladder of my own life. Obviously, where you're at now, it's really you're in a really good place. Let's talk about challenges because I've seen your growth over the many years and I know that you've been through some hectic hardship, but I feel you've got such a massive inspirational backstory that's really made that turning point to where you are now. Like, What was the most challenging time that you experienced? Okay, well, you know, I I guess I had a difficult childhood growing up. I won't get into it much, but, you know, my Mm. mom passed away and... and, um, you know, we were migrants, so mm. like we were just getting on our feet. And then when my mom passed away, it just, it just complicated yeah. things. You know, it made growing up very difficult. Like mm. there was money was very scarce. We were always yeah. moving from house to house and yeah. not much food or blah, blah, blah. I won't get into that. But I guess everything started to go well when I got into Melbourne High School mm. and then I got into Melbourne Uni and, and then I started my career as a PT. Yeah. So I guess we, we worked our way up and, and I got to, started to get into a good place. And then the next major challenge that I faced uh, was when in my second year as a personal trainer mm-hmm. in the winter of 2013 because, you know, this is this is the thing I notice a lot of trainers will, will do well for the first few months and then mm. they'll, they'll kind of, um, they'll give up after a year or two years. Most, I'd say like probably 50% at least, if not more, of personal trainers um, finish up after a year or two. So my second year, almost all of my clients left me. Uh, 
whether due to financial yeah. reasons or life circumstances, you know, some were moving out of the city or simply because I wasn't a very good trainer yet. Mm. I rapid, I rapidly dropped from 20 clients to, to four clients a week. Wow. That's you know, so I, so yeah, I, I, I was living off less than $500 a week. Um, and I was living in Docklands at the time and I'm paying 20,000 a year in rent to Fitness yeah. First because Fitness First charges rent to work there. So yeah, 20K a year to Fitness First plus the rent in Docklands. Wow, so, you know, on less than a few hundred dollars a week, right? So that's a huge deficit in cash flow plus, your, you know, your bills and food. So I was in panic mode. I was in financial strife. And when you're in that mentality when you're in that scarcity mentality andrew it only makes it harder to get new clients i'm sure you understand this yeah not just not just when it comes to business but i guess in any area you know relationships if you're in that scarcity mentality and you think and you'd get desperate you do get desperate yeah if you feel desperate or you or you start um letting that desperation uh, yeah. control you yeah. will affect your interactions with people and it actually makes it more difficult yeah. for you to succeed pushes people away you know pushes people away yeah so I got to the point where I was paying late fees on bills, you know, months overdue. And I was living off, I was literally living off $35 a week on food. Yeah, wow. $35 a week for, for, for months. And um, my diet every day, I clearly remember this, literally consisted of, of oatmeal, yeah. eggs, milk, and cans of tuna. Wow. You know, and not even like John West, like, <laughs> you know, John West. Oh, like home brand. You know, no, they, they were the cheapest, you know, and, and Serena, well, forget it. I'd, I'd have Serena tuna, which is my the best brand, like barely ever, you know. So if I had a few extra dollars, I'd treat myself to Serena tuna. I've <laughs> never know? heard of that brand before. It's the yellow ones, you know, oh. with a mermaid. Okay, sure. Yeah, they're the tastiest. Well. Italian oil. <laughs> well, you didn't <laughs> even still... have the luxury to eat Serena tuna. <laughs> no, no, they were like twice Damn. as much as home brand. Yeah. So I had to eat like this every day, week oh, wow. in, week out for almost six months to survive. Because, you know, that's $5 Shit. a day on food, right? So yeah. What can you what can you afford with $5 a day? Like oatmeal is pretty cheap. Eggs is like 20 cents or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, milk. And it was one of the darkest times of my life. Yeah. And I say that because even though it was only six months. Yeah. When you're when you're in that phase, you're in that in that hole. You don't know it's gonna last six months. You don't know. Just like you know, in 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 the COVID nineteen, you don't know it's only yeah. gonna be a two month lockdown. Yeah. And you feel like it could be a year. You, yeah. That uncertainty, you yeah. know. So when I was in that phase, week after week of eating like this and just not knowing when I'd get out of it, I thought, is this gonna be it? Like, do I have to give up? Do I have to stop personal training? So my turning point, I guess, arrived probably three or four months of this when I re I came to the realization realization that. I was responsible for what happened next. You know, I, I couldn't blame my clients or I couldn't blame the economy or I couldn't blame yeah, anything. Course. And it was, I was to blame. And therefore I was responsible for turning my life around. That was about three, four months in. And I knew that I was the only person who could dig myself out of this. Moving in back home, technically it was an option, mm. but for me, it wasn't an option. It's you know, like I have a good relationship yeah. with my dad, but I was determined to be completely self-sufficient after yeah. finishing uni. You yeah. know, I wanted to support myself. You know, yeah. I prided myself on, on supporting myself. And, you know, borrowing money from my dad, I guess, was always an easy option. But yeah. I know it's only a temporary band-aid when you borrow money from parents. Yeah. And, and I hated to do it. You know, I didn't want to admit to him that I was failing. No, it makes it I, also acceptable in your mindset that it's you've got like a backup plan. And yeah. You don't want to have that. It was there. Yeah, it was there, but like I felt more embarrassed or ashamed to have to sure. to do it. So I, I I thought that's like the very last mm. um you know emergency priority resort. So after several months of of self hate and and borderline depression, yeah, um, I decided to take control of my situation, and uh, I took I took a good hard look at why I got there in the first place, why I got into that hole, 
and what I had to do so I wouldn't ever go back into a, a deep hole like this in the future. Yep. You know, I never wanted to get back into that situation again. Yep. I realized that I needed to offer my clients a better service. Sure. I needed to become a more professional and skilled personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And I needed to give more value to what they're getting, what they're paying for yep. um, as a service, you know, as a trainer. So what did I do? I took out a new credit card and I immediately maxed it out. I immediately maxed it out in like a few days on over $5,000 worth of workshops and courses. So self-education. And most guys, just so you know, and sorry to stop you there. Most people, when Jan told me this story a few years ago, the first instance I thought of, I was like, are you kidding me? You maxed out a credit card within a few days. I was like, I was just picturing all this materialistic stuff. Like, what did you buy, man? Did you just... Did you buy a new bike or something? Like I was thinking of all these things. And then he shocked me by saying, I invested into self-development. I was like, holy fuck, man. This is, this is next level shit. That's powerful. That inspired me. Well, I, I knew that that was the reason that I had, you know, fallen into that or yeah. part of the reason why I'd fallen into that situation in the first place. Uh, and so, you know, I wanted to really fix that. And, and, you know, I, I took a good hard look at myself and I said, this is, by investing in myself and improving uh, my service, improving myself as a person, yeah. my education, you know, my business skills, everything, all of that, this will only help me in the long term as well. Not Maybe not so much in the short term. You know, it was a heck of a risk because there wasn't any short-term return. Mm-hmm. Financially, there wasn't yeah. any short-term return. No. You're, you're improving your education, your knowledge, but that doesn't necessarily translate to paying the bills tomorrow. There's no guarantee. You know? Yeah. It doesn't help you pay the bills tomorrow. No. Uh, it sets you up for long-term success. And that's more what I was um, interested in. So I realized that I didn't just want to be a good trainer. I wanted to be one of the best personal trainers in Melbourne and one day in Australia. Phenomenal mindset. This gamble turned out to be the trigger that I needed. It was a desperate roll the dice, but it was exactly what I needed for that time. And in that space of that year, I not only upgraded my expertise in training and nutrition, which, you know, every trainer should have a good base of that knowledge, but I also gained a wealth of knowledge on how to build a successful business in the fitness industry because yeah. it's different. Working as a personal trainer for yourself is different from um, working as a personal trainer working for a gym. Mm. When you're working as a personal trainer for yourself, you still have to think of how to grow the business outside of just training people, yep. you know, because it is a, a business and uh, you need to look at everything else that goes outside of the gym. So slowly but surely, I clawed my way back, mm. you know, week after week, living week to week, month to month, and yep. and I erased all my debts after yeah, well. six no, it took longer than six months. Yeah. Um, but the turning point came in 2014, a year later. So a year later, I was able to spend $35 a day on food. Mm. And I made it a point to, to spend you know up to $35 a day on food every single day for that whole year. Because yeah. it was the same budget that I was forced to live on week. every week, you know, a year ago. Every night I was finishing work at the gym and I would literally eat at a different restaurant five yeah. six nights a week i would pick a restaurant that's that's open at 8 p.m and i uh, think what do i feel like tonight thai or chinese yeah. or you know italian hmm, I'll, what's this restaurant every i'll check that out and my budget was 35 dollars. you know so I'd, I'd get like a nice big bowl of pasta or whatever <laughs> and, every, and uh, the only time i didn't do that was when i felt like oh i've eaten too much out too much this week or i'm starting to you know put on a bit of weight i'll yeah. i'll start eating healthy for a bit or eat at home you know, I ate like a king and in that year, I never ate a single egg or can of tuna. Actually, for years after that. Yeah. You know. just... To this day, I still never go anywhere near the milk, tuna or eggs mm-hmm. aisle in the supermarket. Wow. You know, even during the lockdown, even the COVID-19 yeah, crisis, you know, I think I bought two cans of tuna in that first week of lockdown yeah. in March. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was Serena. I could, I could <laughs> afford it. Yeah. And I opened one can. Yeah. Right. And I took a bite. I took a fork and I took a bite. Yeah. And you know what it tasted like? 
it tasted too much like failure. Yeah. It was like, I tasted like failure. Wow. It just reminded me of that year, that, that traumatic experience. So, you know, I still have that other can sitting at home untouched. Wow. So if you ever need food, Andrew, uh, you know, you've always, you can always get at least one can of tuna from me. Oh, that's so nice and considerate. Yeah. So that was uh, how I got through that challenge. Wow. I can't buy eggs. I can't buy milk. I can't buy eggs. I just don't, yeah, I just don't, don't, don't want to buy them anymore. You know? Well, no, that's really inspiring, Jam. I really appreciate you sharing that, dude. Like that's, yeah. and I, you know, I know out of so many friends that I have and people that have really risen up and taken um, initiative of where they're going in life, you've really done it so well and you've gone through challenges, but you've always come out on top of your challenges, which is fantastic. I think it's important um, to have that strong mindset of uh, believing that you'll, mm. you'll, get, you'll, make, you'll get out of it, like... Um, believing in yourself that you have the ability to get out of it mm-hmm. because if you if you if you think if you're in those challenges and you th- you think the worst doom and gloom and you know um you're only going to spiral um further down that yeah. hole you know and yeah. and i guess when you put your back against the wall and you think yes. you know what i'm the only one who can I, I can i can ask for support from friends and family but at the mm-hmm. end of the day i have to help myself before anyone can help me yeah you know because yeah. you don't want to put a burden on other people no. to constantly be be propping you up yeah. you know because that's just like giving more work for them, you know, and if you want to be a, a man who's got his life together and eventually, you know, be able to give back to people, mm-hmm. you know, you want to add value to people's lives, you need to be able to know how to do that for yourself first. Absolutely. hundred percent. With everything having happened with your challenges, with your business, you're running right now, everything all put out for you. How do you feel that's impacted your dating life? Going through setbacks, massive setbacks, <laughs> having financial setbacks, Living in a nice place and then just knowing that you don't want to backpedal in life mm-hmm. and being the man that you are today, your okay. dating life, your relationship life. Well, um, it's impacted my dating life, Andrew, in, in two distinctly different ways. So the first um, way is that I'm no longer as concerned with the outcome of any particular dating situation. Mm. That's not to say I'm not concerned with, with who I'm dating, but I'm no longer concerned with the outcome of it. As in, I'm not obsessed with chasing women anymore. And I'm not afraid of being rejected or walking away from the wrong type of girl. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm able to focus on what's best for me and my life goals. And then let my dating life work around that and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. I can prioritize more. I can put dating into perspective with how you know important it is in relation to the rest of my life. Um, and funnily enough, once you stop chasing and you shift the focus to improving yourself you actually become more attractive in the eyes of others Mm -hmm. because they can tell that you respect yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you can respect yourself, you can respect them too. Uh, And the second way is that those challenges have impacted my dating life is that it's helped me build a strong character and a more mature persona. People can confidently sense that I stopped being a boy many years ago uh, and that I'm an independent, self-reliant and self-made man in Mm -hmm. in literally every area of my life. You know, I have my life together. And I'm a mature man and people can sense that. This inner confidence definitely helps me in all my interactions with people. As I know deep down without a shred of doubt that I have plenty to offer. Plenty of offer to anyone who comes into my life. Yep. And I'm able to exude that true confidence in myself. Not that fake cockiness. Not that fake, that brash kind of, you know, arrogance that hides insecurity. Yeah. Which yeah. It's, it really hides insecurity, which most women can see right through, um, yeah. by the way. Uh, but that quiet confidence where you know your own self-worth. You know that you have a lot to give and yeah. you don't need to try too hard because of that. Yeah. And since I've made that mental switch in dating from what I can take 
or what I can get out of dating or what I can take from people to, to what I'm able to give back, what I'm able to, um, what I have to offer and recognizing that that's a lot. I have a lot to offer. It's actually become a much more rewarding area of my life. And understand what you're saying when people, they put on like a front to really mask their insecurities and their, mm. they're just, their low self-esteem. I've seen that so many times. It's a, it's a yeah. self-defense mechanism, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's because they, they instinctively know that, there's something they're not happy about yeah. with themselves. And so they want to protect that and they don't want to feel that, get that feeling or they don't want to reveal it, you know? And so they use something else to hide it. It could be, yeah. it could be some people use, you know, they might get a really fancy car, yeah. you know? Like how many times do you see someone in a Lamborghini and it's some, someone who's overweight or, you know, yeah. like it just doesn't make sense, but it, it, then it makes perfect sense, yeah. you know? They're compensating, you yeah. know? So, um, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, that inner confidence where you don't feel the need anymore to have to fake anything or to have to scream to the world how good you are. Mm. You know, I just don't feel that need to um, tell everyone everything about what I do or how good I am. You, you know, you notice I'm not that active on Instagram yeah, you know, or yeah. Facebook no, or, no, you know, no, I'm, no. I do post every now and then, but yes. it's not ostentatious or it's yeah. not attention. It's not attention seeking. You're not seeking for validation, basically. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, it's when you don't feel the need anymore to seek external validation. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess that's how getting through those challenges has really changed me. Fantastic, man. Yeah. No, I like that. And, I, and that actually makes you more attractive when, yeah. when um, you're no longer seeking external validation because you get your validation internally. Yeah, absolutely. You know. that's, that's gold, man. I really like that. And if we were to sum up today, if there's one golden tip for a single guy listening right now that probably is not maybe sure what direction he wants to go in life, he's uncertain about the future... Listening to this podcast, this episode 10, he's getting inspiration from a story of yours and knowing that any person out there can can go to places that they want to go. As long as they have that drive, they make that decision. They have that burning desire and ambition, but they made that decision. They make that decision like Jam has. He made that decision that he doesn't want to work for someone else. He doesn't want to be stuck behind a computer desk. Imagine there was a security job that was stuck behind a computer desk working like it was every, all your worst dreams combined. I think you would hate life. But a listener out there, what, what golden advice could you share? If there's anything else out there, like a simple golden tip that you could give to a listener right now. Okay, well, my, my golden rule is find your purpose in life. Find your purpose in life. And once you do, never stop believing in yourself. You should always start from that. You know, if you can find what adds the most meaning to your life, everything you do starts to make more sense. Your decisions and your actions start to fall into place a lot better. And you'll have more inner peace, just knowing who you are and, and what you're here to do. And because of that, you'll be able to bring more positive energy into all your relationships with people. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that we attract what we put out yeah. into the world. And by staying committed to giving the best version of ourselves to others, we'll find that we get back a truly fulfilling life in return. It's definitely the way I've approached my life and it's why I've gotten to where I am today. Phenomenal. Well, thank you very much for your time and being on our episode 10 and joining Dating in the Digital Age, uh, our podcast. So we thank you, Jan, for being here today. And again, for those that didn't listen to his previous uh, episode that he was featured on, episode five, be sure to listen to it after this episode. Now, for those that are listening to the first time and they want to reach out to you, maybe ask a few questions or even get personal training from you, Jam. What's hmm. the best way, that, best way that they can find you? Yeah, well, um, I have a website, athleticedge.com.au. Uh, my Instagram's athleticedge. Mm -hmm. And if you search Facebook, athleticedgeoz. Um, 
And I guess a lot of people just um, directly contact me on my, on my mobile, 0413-207-204. And, and they sometimes just randomly text me and say, hey, Jam, I'm interested. I've seen your, your Instagram. I've seen your training with your clients. And I'm interested in... Um, in some personal training can i get a trial session and i'm usually very happy to give a trial session yeah fantastic jam that's awesome when you do do a fitness uh, session with jam just be sure you're ready you'll be uh there'll be blood sweat and tears on that day excellent i really hope you enjoyed episode 10 the attraction traits of a dominant man and if you made it this far after 35 minutes of our episode 10 in our podcast, which has been the actual longest episode we've had so far in dating in the digital age, and I really hope Jam's inspirational story has impacted you in a way where you make that decision, that 100% commitment to take ownership of your life, to take ownership of your future and figure out the direction that you're going in that's going to take you places. So I look forward to seeing you next Sunday for episode 11. We have a back-to-back episode 11 and 12 teaching the men how to do effective social cold approaches. This is Andrew Gung from Core Confidence Coaching signing out.